Welcome to the Kitchen Sink Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Starting in July 2021, the meeting will be hybrid. You will still be able to attend the meeting via Zoom. Please go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Okay. Hi, my name is Tim. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, as of this month, I'm down 105 pounds from my top weight. And I'm abstinent over 12, 12 and a half years. Um, let's see. I, I, I don't know why I'm so nervous. I think this, this is about the first time in two years I've led an in-person meeting. And I've never led a hybrid meeting. So I'm confused where to look and all that stuff. So... <laughs> It'll be it'll be it'll be strange. Um, so just to qualify, um, let's see. I did not. And why I, I give my specific weight, I weigh once a month and I report that in. And why I give the, the specific weight is because my disease loves vagueness. It loves to play in the gray areas. And I just need real rigorous honesty about where my weight's at. It's been up. It's been down. It's always stayed in a range. And if there's if I go outside the range, adjustments are made with the food. If I go and I've gone below the range. And so adjustments have been made up in the food. So um, it, and that's not my choice. It's 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 what my sponsor asked of me. That's the agreement that I made 13 years ago. Um, and so um, that's that's why I state the exact number. I grew up in the Midwest. I did not grow up a heavy child. I. I always knew that I ate differently than other kids. Um, I was I was I, I just remember always being hungry. And one of my earliest memories of, of food is um, when I was very young. I love I love my mom's spaghetti and meatballs. And we grew up and we didn't have we had always had plenty of food. But when I really liked something, I, I just I would steal it. I would I would steal it. And spaghetti and meatballs. I love spaghetti and meatballs. And so as it was cooking in the sauce, I, I was able to go by, scoop it out of a, a pan and eat it as, as without almost missing a beat. And, and, and everybody would wonder why at dinner time there was very few meatballs left. And, and you know, of course, I never fessed up to that. Um, but that's that's the kind of way I ate. I remember the first time um, using food um, to solve a problem and, uh, you know, it was when I was about in sixth grade and I liked a girl and she didn't like me back. And I, and we had a long bus ride home. I lived way out in the farm and um, I, I rode home on the bus. And when I got home, I don't know why the idea of making toast was was there, but I got a whole loaf of bread out. I got a toaster out. And, and as soon as as soon as I could get it buttered and eaten, the next one would come off the assembly line. And by the time I was aware of it, I'd eaten a whole loaf of bread. Now, I didn't think there was any. I was just like, well, this is great. I mean, I didn't have any consequences, any side effects. I mean, my stomach was a little upset, but that was nothing. And what my mom said to me was like, you know, you still have to eat your dinner, you know. And I didn't have any problems with that either. I didn't have any problems uh, with that. And so um, I fit my family. Uh, so just to, just so we are a family of big eaters. I've had four members of my direct family have the gastric bypass and it's worked for every one of them. And it just, I, I just never, it never, it never became, it was never an option for me. I, I, I was, I got into, when that was kind of coming around, uh, I was, I was in Overeaters Anonymous or knew about it. Um, and so, uh, 
But I fit my family. And the one thing was very chaotic growing up, and I had a big part to play in that chaos of, of, of my family. But one thing that was quiet around was dinner time. There was, there was actual just peace because everybody was eating <laughs> and eating big portions of food. And we all kind of just got high with our food. And that, that was the time where there was peace in the family. And so I fit in really well there. But one thing I noticed was when I got to high school, I noticed I didn't I didn't eat like other people ate. And I have to fit in. I have to feel a part of. And it, that's not something that I was aware of. Even it's just something that I'm starting to become more aware of that I must fit. And so when I got to high school, they didn't eat like I ate. We, 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 in, in my eighth grade year, we moved from the farm to the city, kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies. And they weren't eating like farm people. They were eating like city people. And so, but one thing that they did do is they drank and used drugs. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. And so from the age of 14 or 15 till the age of 29, I kind of used drugs as, as kind of my first diet pill. Because it did exactly for me what food did for me. It took the edge off. It made me feel okay to be alive. It made me feel like I was always thought I, I, everybody should feel this way. After, after exactly the way, after I binge on food, exactly the way a couple drinks made me feel, it made me feel, it made me fit in the world. And I must fit in the world. I, I must fit. And so what happened was, At the age now, I, I went up about 20 or 30 pounds in that time, up and down. I would use the what Bill talks about, the drive for success, the other the drive, the drive for a mate. You know, my belief was I could not get a girlfriend if, if I was heavy. So I could drop 30 or 40 pounds, get the girlfriend and I would come into a relationship thin and leave fat. I would come. I would drop the weight, get the girlfriend and leave. And so that but it was constantly going up. The, the, the escalation was upward. And so um, at the age of 29, um, alcohol was removed. I can I can still remember the day, the exact day I can I can picture exactly where I was, where alcohol stopped working. It just became pointless. And and I don't know how to explain that, but it just was like. I just turned to the I turned to the person that I was with and I said I will never drink again. And that has been my case. I've never wanted to drink. I've never had to call anybody to say I really can't I want to drink. I want to take it. I just never since that day I've never wanted I, the thought has occurred one time in the 20 plus years to go and have a drink. And so um but it was easily just then it was just gone. But what happened was food just came in like a hammer because now at 29, I had been using food in my early days and drugs and alcohol in my teens and 20s to cope with life. And I had no skills whatsoever. And this is this is my own opinion. And again, the way I narrate my own life is got a lot of holes in it. So this is just my truth today is that at this point, this is where I crossed over that line. Because it, it, at that point, I was able to control and enjoy. But something happened in that, that year or two year period where I, I suddenly lost the ability to control my food. I wasn't able to shut it down for periods of time. I, was, I, I, I now was eating continuously. I remember going to the store, getting candy bars and cookies and stuff and eating it. I, I wouldn't even get home before, before it was gone and I'd have to go back. And I, I just and the weight just skyrocketed up 
This, it just, it just, I probably gained about 60 pounds in six months. And one of the things, one of my common things is shame is a big driver for me. Shame will, will, will drive me to do things. And, and I mean, I have been given, in my life, I've been given a wonderful work ethic. I've been given a good moral compass. My family has had lots of problems, but they, they really gave me a, a great education. Uh, they, they, they taught me the difference between right and wrong. They, I know that they love me. I absolutely know that they love me and they would do anything for me. And so, so not being able to control my food was, was, a, was, was a real shameful thing. And so what I did is I just, I just started compulsively exercising. I, just, I, just, uh, I, I went out and signed up for a marathon. Oh, that was very popular at the time. The marathon thing was taken off. So I'm like, I, again, I wanted to fit in, right? So what I did, I, I never ran. A, I, I kind of sensed that I wasn't going to build up to anything. I just wanted to do it once, check it off the list and be done with it. And so I ran a marathon. And then as, as I was driving back from Chicago to Ohio, I'm thinking, what's next? Because I, there's something... There's something inside of me that knows if, if I stop this kind of exercise, and I'm talking extreme exercise, I'm talking a couple hours a day, I know the weight's coming back on because I can definitely eat more than I can exercise off. And so I signed up for the Ironman Triathlon. Now, I don't even have a bike. I've never swam. I just, so I just tell them, hey, listen, I'll say, they were like, well, no, you have to qualify. And I'm like, I don't want to qualify. I want, I want special rules. So whatever, 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 what, how much money do you need to let me do the Ironman? And they're like, if you send us a check for a thousand dollars, we'll let you do it. And I'm like, here's a check. And so I wrote him a check. And I, nine months later, I did the Ironman. And, and again, it was a great day. But as, as I'm driving back from Lake Placid, New York, back to Ohio, I'm like, what's next? Because if I stop, I know it's coming back. I know there's something out there that is going to convince me to eat these foods and eat, eat them in ways that, you know, I was easily able to control them at this point. So I need to keep going. And at this time, this, this is the late 90s, so in the thin air was, was a huge thing. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. And I'm like, That's, that makes perfect sense. I've never climbed a mountain. Let's go climb Everest. And I call. I literally make the call. And they're like, yeah, that's $80,000. If you want to climb Mount Everest, it's $80,000. And I'm like, hey, I'm done. I'm like, that's enough for me. But within two months, two months of finishing the Ironman, I pull a geographic. Now, again, I'm not aware of any of this stuff going on. I am not aware of any of this going on. I just know I must keep moving because if I stop, I'm going to get caught. And, and, and again, I wasn't aware of that either. But so I pull a geographic and I move out here and everything's new and exciting. Now, my godfather, who is who is, unfortunately was sober in AA, but died from died from compulsive overeating. They they took piece by piece. He was in his in his early 60s. He just could not stop eating. And, and he had adult onset diabetes and they took amputations and he eventually passed from this. But he was the person that kind of introduced me to 12, 12 Steps program. And he pulled me aside and he goes, you know what, Tim? He goes, I think you're going to do really, really well out in California. He goes, you're a hard worker. They will, they will love you. They will eat you up. But he goes, at some point, you're going to show up. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking. What kind of spiritual mumbo jumbo are you talking about? I'm going to show up when I get to California. And, and he's like, OK. So I went. And, and sure enough, again, I wasn't aware of it at the time. But it took about a year for the newness and the excitement of California and the industry and this and that and, uh, to start to wear off. And now I'm starting to take foods back. I'm starting to take foods that I was once easily able to push aside, 
Now they're coming back. And during this time, again, what did I do? I tricked my brothers and sisters into running a marathon. I figured, and now again, in my own mind, I'm going to beat them. I'm going to have a better time than them. And so it's a competition because I love competition. And it doesn't even matter if it's real. It's only in my head. I never told them I was going to beat them. Of course, I kept that secret. And so... I'm now starting to skip runs. I've done a couple marathons. They're no longer new. They're no longer exciting. So I'm skipping runs. I'm starting to take back foods. I'm starting to gain weight. And I pulled this guy aside. I met this guy during this time. And and, uh, and, and I'm sure some of you know him. His, his name is Walter. He used to carry a white flag. White flag Walter is what I still call him. He, he is the guy that, that really introduced me to Overeaters Anonymous. And he said, Tim, you're just like me. And I'm like, well, you're six foot two. And 180 pounds, and I'm five foot eight, and I'm 220 pounds gaining more. And he showed me this picture, and he's sitting on a mountain bike, and he's about 300 pounds. And he goes, I couldn't stop eating just like you can. And I'm like, well, what did you do? And he goes, I went to Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm like, again, whoa. I, like, listen, I don't need a spiritual program to what do you call? I just need, I just need to know, I just need to stop eating. And he goes, Tim, I couldn't stop eating until I got a spiritual program. And I'm like, whatever. So I go back to Chicago. I get, I convince the family. Everybody's there. They're all supportive. Again, we get along. Uh, I'm not saying we have a perfect relationship, but my, my family gets along really well. And they all get back together. They're supporting the three of us that are running the marathon. And my best thinking was the night before the marathon was to order a large pizza and eat it in my room by myself. Now, I, I, that, that is in none of the training books. It is, in, it is you know, it, 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 it's not. And so, but, 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 I, but I thought of this idea and, and it was great. I was like, great. So I ate, the, I ate the large pizza in my room and the marathon did not turn out well. Now, now that, now that wasn't because of the pizza. Because that does my, you know, I've been blessed with a great digestive system. But, but, but it was the skipping of the it, was the, it was no longer new. And what happened was both my brother and sister, first time runners of America, had beat me, had a better time than me. And again, that's the shame that drove me. That's the same that drove me. And so what I did is that in the Chicago airport, I bought my first time. Even as I was training for the marathons, I never brought any kind of nutrition book, nothing. I wanted nothing to do with that. But in the Chicago airport, before I was going back to L.A., I bought a diet book. And I got back to L.A. I bought all the foods. I was ready to go. I had a food plan and I was ready to go. It was going to be my first Monday morning. And by Monday at noon, I was eating foods that, I, that were off the list. And I couldn't stop eating them. Five more minutes. Jeez, Pete, I'm sorry, guys. I've, I've, I've been in the problem. What happened was I got into OA. I didn't. I, 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 I got right away that there were foods that, that what do you call it, triggered the allergy. But I could, I, 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 I went through the steps in the 12 and 12, but I failed to live in 10, 11, and 12. I failed to continue, seek, and carry. And what happened was it just took some time and I, I relapsed. And then I was gone for five years until it took me five years and I had to gain 117 pounds till I could, what do you call it? Till I could come back and humble myself and say, please, I cannot stop eating. I cannot stop eating. Okay. And, and, and so 12 years ago, May, I don't know what happened on May the 4th. I just ate so much. I, I, I just could not stop eating. As soon as there was any more room, I just kept eating. I just kept eating. And it was different foods. It wasn't any particular. I mean, there was particular foods. There was sugar and there was flour and there were starches. And, and as soon as there was any more room, I just kept eating. And that night, I threw up in my mouth. 
I threw up in my mouth as I was sleeping that night and I woke up the next morning and I'm like, and again, the shame is a big driver for me. I mean, it was like, what is wrong with me? I cannot stop eating. I, I just can't stop. I need help. And at that point, my plan was gone. All the plans. Now, my plan for the five in my five years of relapse, my plan was I was going to tell you I was going to lose the weight first and then I was going to come back and tell you how I did it. On May the 5th, 2009, that plan was gone and any hope of it ever working was gone. I have I don't know that I've ever been more willing than May the 5th, 2009. I was willing and I came in and I said, please help. I cannot stop eating. And I and I came back into the Sunday morning meeting in, over in Studio City where I knew there was real recovery, where people really talked about freedom from the obsession of food. Because I got the I got the craving part. I got the foods once I introduced them. But I really didn't surrender to the fact that I was truly powerless, that there was there was not going to come a day that this is not a serious piece of business that no, I eat no matter what. I, I eat against my own will. I'm going to have to do certain things to stop myself from doing something I don't even want to do. I mean, isn't that insane? I don't want to eat, but I find a way to eat. So I'm going to have to take steps that, I, that don't look like they should work. I don't know why inventory and amends, they, have no, they, have, they don't look like they should work as a weight loss program. But somehow they do. I'm going to have to trust the better thinking of someone else. And at that day, I just said, I, I knew the guy. I knew the guy immediately. But I, but I chickened out. <laughs> I chickened it out. I, I asked another guy. I asked the easier, softer way. And that lasted for about 10 to 15 days. And there's something, again, I've been so blessed in this program. Something said, listen, if you don't, if you don't go to this guy that you know that has, has some real stability in his life, you're going you're gonna to find a way back to the food. And I asked the guy that scared me the most. And, and all I had to do at the beginning was turn my will over to what his best thinking was. Because at the time, he had a 135-pound weight loss and he had been in the program 10 years at the time. And he, it was a serious piece of business. And, and all I've been doing is following you know, I, I, I just I still I, I work with a lot of guys and, and what I say to them, I must I need to hear. I really do need to hear what I'm what I'm saying to those people. And so my I, I, I went through the steps. I made my amends. To the, I still have cards. I still have cards of people that I have not been able to find for my amends. I made those amends to the best of my ability. I've been instructed that, that, that other ones must be living amends because they would hurt others too much. Um, and I just I, I, I don't always agree with what is being said. I don't agree with what their interpretation of it. But but I have to go with their better thinking. And really what I'd like to, to spend the last minute is 10, 11 and 12. The directions to me are very clear in, in the big book. It, it, it is how it tells me it tells me how to how uh, of the group of people that I fit in is, is the people that I want to that I want to be part of. They, they live a spiritual way of life. They, they really, they're, they're in, in a disciplined way of life. And that to me is, it's not what I want to do. And where I stand today, I, I, I do what the 11-step asked me to do on awakening. I read and I pray and I meditate. And, and it's an obligation. As of right now, I can just tell you where I'm at. It's not something that I want to do today. I, I wish I could stand here and say that I want to spend time with my higher power. <laughs> I don't. I, it, it is like, uh, I don't have time to do this. 
But yet it gets done. Because, because, if, because if I want what is promised in this book, I have to do and follow the directions even when I don't want to. Even when it's inconvenient. Even when I'm tired. Even when I'm rushed. And so when asked, I do my best to say yes. So thank you very much. Uh, this is time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of our leader are my own and do not repre- and, and are not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If asking a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hands. Uh, yes. Okay, so the the question was how do I how do I go about sponsoring um, and then if someone continues to to struggle with 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 committing the food plan. Um, that's a really good question. Um, especially the second part of it is very I'm, I'm open to a lot of different ways. I ask a lot of people about that. Um, so how I go about sponsoring is I, I really just have them send the foods that they're eating at the beginning. Just 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 being honest with everything that they're eating um, for the first couple weeks is is enough. Whether and, and it's I can't say it's two weeks and, and we do this, but I, I and then we go in and we start looking. After, after you start to see what they're eating, then you kind of start to go in and figure out what foods are the, are the trigger foods for them. You can, call, you can call them whatever you want. I like alcoholic foods, foods that I get high with, foods that, the foods that, that I like to take the edge off with. And sometimes I, it's a binge and sometimes it's just a, just a, I'm just taking the edge off with it. I use it as, as um, you know, just to, just, to, just to take the edge off. And so um, once we start to, to, to define the abstinence, then we look and then we really start. We, 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 um, we got to get on the scale. At some point, we have to look at, is this food plan working? And then, and then, and then we start in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as soon as possible. I, I, we start from, from the forward and we move all the way through page 164 and we just try to follow the directions to the best of our ability. And the second part of that question and, and, and again, I don't know um, if there's a right or wrong answer. If somebody continues to struggle, and, and by the way, the way I do it, it probably takes about 10 months to get them through all the way through into working with other people. And um, uh, if, they're, if they're struggling and we're, and we're starting a fourth step, I, I do stop that process forward. I, I, don't, I do not want them to go into the inventory process until they really get and start to awaken to their powerlessness. Something was missed. Something was missed in steps one, two, or three. And so then we start reading the AA 12 and 12. And I mean, in my opinion, I don't know how much you can get out of four pages from the 12 and 12 on step one. I, I don't really understand, but, but some people might. I, I, just, I just don't. And if, if we have to start reading the OA literature, that's, we'll start reading that. But I don't want to move forward until there's a bedrock and a solid foundation uh, to move forward with the food. Oh, we got an online question. 
How do I go about calling on them? Um, they're going to read it. Is there a question online? If you have an online question, you should uh, send it in the chat to Benson, who will, who will then read it. Oh, we do have a question right here in person. Just a follow-up question. Um, when you say you read the literature with the, your sponsee, uh, do you read it out loud to each other or independently of each other? Um, so we, uh, the question is a follow-up question: Is do we read the literature together? Yes, absolutely. So um, uh, we. I, I, I do it early in the morning. Um, I, I believe abstinence is, is made in the morning. Uh, it, it, it's executed throughout the day. But if I wake up and have a plan for the day and have my food ready for the day, I've got a really good chance of doing that. So we, we also do that work in the morning. And so we're up at, at you know, any, if I'm, if I'm, it depends on wh- what time zone I'm in because I move around a bit with my, with my job. Um, I'm up as early as 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, to uh, to to start reading in the big book and we read it together. I don't I don't know that I can glean so much solo out of the big book. But but together we come together with some ideas and especially somebody that's new. I don't know what they're going to take from that they're going to take from reading that book on their own. I, I, I miss love and tolerance of others. I missed that for 12 years because <laughs> until it was pointed out to me until somebody said, wait a minute, that's here, Tim. Love you just I totally missed the line. I totally didn't even read it. And somebody said, no, that's right here. And so if I try to do this alone, if I try to do self-sufficiency in any way in this program, I think I'm headed for trouble. Because as soon as as soon as I can do it myself, I don't need you. And then I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm not coming across over the hill. The, the six, I know it's only six miles to come over the hill, but it seems like it seems like, oh, my God. It's so I got to come over to the over the, to the city, you know, <laughs> I got to come to the city. But it's a big deal. And so I, I must remember that. Oh, yeah. What I'm being asked to do here is an important piece of business. And if I could do it alone, well, then I'll just sit at home and do it myself. There's a couple of online questions. Um, the first one is, are you having trouble transitioning back into regular life now uh, that it's safer to do so? If so, what tools do you use to help with this? Am I having problems transitioning back into regular life? And what tools do I use? I, I am not uh, having... Uh, that's, not, that's not a problem of mine. Um, you know, I... Um, the, the, the pandemic really did not, um, the, the big things really generally tend to not scare me so much. It is, it is the, my wife's not cleaning out the refrigerator that really bothers me. Um, it's, you know, um, it is, it's, it's, it's my boss saying something in a harsh way. It's, 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 it's the people that work for me not doing it the way that I want to do it. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, I do it poorly. Those, those things I do poorly. Um, I had a real problem with stealing. I, I, I had a real problem with stealing when I first came in here. Uh, I had a problem with pornography. Uh, I, and, and, my, and those have, those have fallen away. Working, doing this program, they, I, I didn't work on them. I did not work on them a bit. They have fallen away. 
as I've continued down this thing, they have been removed. It's been my experience and, and, and my judgment and criticism and lack of tolerance to other people are the next big pieces of business on my. I used to tell a lot of people in these rooms included how they're how they're doing their program wrong. I did. I, I had to make a lot of amends to people that that I believe were doing it wrong. We're hurting people. And so uh, um, now it's much easier just to just to you know what? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't. I just do. I do the best I can today. I clean. I follow the directions as much as I can in the 10 step. When I'm disturbed, I pick up that phone and make a call. I ask God to remove it and then I help someone else. My 10 step doesn't wait till the end of the night. So the tool that I use and I don't I, I would in my opinion, I would get rid of all the tools. I would get rid of every one of them, because if you're doing the 12 steps, you're doing every one of them. I don't I don't want to make them separate, a separate thing. I, I have the directions for living They're They're right there in the book. Thank you, Tim. Uh, can you describe your daily spiritual routine? Uh, okay, so um, I, I'm up early in the morning. Uh, I, I read from page 86 to 88. I follow the directions, prayer, meditation. Uh, uh, I, I, I meditate for approximately 10 minutes. I pray. I get down. When it says pray, I get down on my knees. I pray. I ask for help. And then I, I'm generally... So I'm out of town. I'm, I'm working on a job, but I usually have about uh, three sponsees every morning to work with. And we, we read the big book from an AA wherever they are. Um, so that's about it. And then I go to a meeting uh, every day. Uh, if I'm not working, I'm at, a, I'm at a meeting. Yeah. And and one thing that I do poorly, I don't the 11th step where it talks about we read it today. We read it today as we as we go through the day, we pause. And that's not me. That we didn't read that today. We didn't. But uh, when we pause when agitated apple, I never say thy will be done. I have not gotten to there. But a fellow that's in this room, I got to practice what what he does. I got to practice talking to my higher power in the car this morning. I got to talk to him out loud about what's going on with me and what I'm afraid of. Um, but again, it's poorly. It is. It, it, it's not. The, it's not something that I want to do. I wish it's something that I wanted to do. But that, to me, is the 11th step. It's discipline. It has nothing to do with whether I want to do it. I didn't want to eat, but yet I found a way to eat. I always ate. So I, I should be able to do this thing. I, I, I was a pig. I, I, was, I was a pig. There was never a time where I said, no, 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 that last piece, you take that last piece. I, I was like, I wanted that last piece. And so if I was a pig out there, because I stole, I did, I, I had... Other people did not even come into my consciousness. And so if I operated that way for 39 years, I, I have to go just as hard the other way. People are like, oh, you sponsor a lot of guys. And it's because I'm sick. I'm really, really sick. And I need a lot of interference between me and the first fight. I need a lot of interruptions. And those sponsors calling with this problem or that problem or whatever it is. Guess what? That, I'm not thinking about Tim. At that moment, I'm not thinking about Tim. I'm there to help someone else. And their problem isn't important. And if they, if they, if they can come forward and tell me the truth and, and be honest about what's going on in their life, they don't have to eat over it today. And I just have to be a, what I'm learning to be is a safe sounding board. I used to be a sounding board. Now I can be, now I'm developing tolerance and compassion. And, and it takes a lot of courage to be those, uh, to, to, to be honest to, to, to me. 
<laughs> so, you know, uh, um, yeah, yeah. So there's a question here. Um, so you talked about shame being a driver. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about when you started a program, how it kind of led to your like food choices and your relationship with the higher power and how you kind of overcame that, like the shame being a driver? So how I, over, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know why. Five minutes, Tim? Five minutes, okay. Um, I don't know why I believed my sponsor when he said that if you don't eat today, in, you, in my book, you're a winner. And he goes, I don't care if you're watching Netflix all day. I don't care if you're masturbating five times a day. I don't care. The one rule he did have is no hitting. Because that was, that was a problem. I, I was raised in a, in a, I was raised with physical violence. Not only me doing it as a bully, but also it being done to me. He goes, no hitting. That's the rule. And he goes, if you can do that and not eat today, in my book, you're a winner. And I don't know why I believed him. I don't know why that was enough for me. I was, I was raised in a very successful family. Very, lots of, lots of people with high earning and all that stuff. And why I was able to lower the standard just to say, not eating is enough today and not hitting. And so the shame went away when I started, because I still have shame. When, when I act out, when I, when I yell at subordinates, when I yell at, 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 at my kids, there's still shame there. Yeah. And, and it's, it's healthy shame. I should, listen, I might be the, the way I look at it is if, when I, yell, I had a, I've, I have a very stressful job these past four months and I've done a lot of yelling. And it, what if I just turned around and told him, you know what? I'm a member of Overeaters Anonymous and I, this is, this is how much work I have to do just to, just to be yelling at you. I, may, I might be the only example of Overeaters Anonymous they ever touch, they ever walk into. I might be the only example of the big book that they ever see. And would I want them to know that I treat people that way? especially since God has given me such a wonderful gift. I mean, he really has given me a wonderful gift, and yet I can treat you this way. Ooh. So the shame is still a good driver because it drives me to say, I was wrong, I am sorry. What can I do to make it right? And so I, I'm okay with healthy shame. When I stop thinking about myself so much, that kind of goes away. And I start trying to help other people, and I see other people's lives awaken. I, I've seen guys 550 pounds. 550 pounds come and they're unemployed, living with their parents, unable to hold a job. And you just get to witness it. I didn't do anything. We just read the book. I didn't do any. I just read the book. And, and, and you try, you did the work. And I get to witness it. And all of a sudden, I, and then I can start to see the miracle of my life and how I, that I don't have to be that fear-based person anymore. I don't have to be so afraid of not getting what I think is right and wrong. And, and so... The shame just goes away just, be, just because of my actions. I don't, I don't even think about it. It just kind of went away because, because I'm now doing esteemable things. And, then the, and the esteem then comes. Not self-esteem. I don't want to generate it myself. I want to generate it from outside me. So I know it's a little tricky there. It's, a little, it's not clear cut. But um, yeah, I, it, it's a, a lot of mystery. <laughs> we have time for one more. Oh, we got one back here.
Okay. So, so that's a great example. And I was just covering it with, with two sponsees this morning. Um, so what are my alcoholic foods? Those are foods that I get high with. That's the way I kind of define it. I can instantly change my perception of reality with my foods. Oh, there's a problem here. I do this. Everything's fine. I take this. It's all good. I don't have the money for this. I buy this. Uh, it's all good. It's foods that I get high with. And so how do I identify those? I know what foods I want to eat. Um, a, 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 a little bit to root more of them out. It is what do I want the second helpings of? What do what do I want the second? Now I'm not going to probably binge on rice per se, but rice is a trigger food. I want I want more than than a healthy portion, more than what would maintain my healthy body weight. And so as I've gone along in the program, those have had to be surrendered. It started with flour and sugar for me. It then went to potatoes and rice. And then it was raisins was the next one. And then it was uh, a hamburger. Then it was bacon. So those things, because again, as, as I've aged, my metabolism is slowed. And, and I can eat less and less of things. And so six ounces of chicken, I'm fine with. But six ounces of hamburger, I'm not. That just, that just irritates me. And I'm looking for freedom. I want free. I must have. I must have freedom. I must have ease and comfort. I have to have. I'm gonna get it one of two ways. I'm gonna get it with excess food, or I'm gonna get it through surrender. And when it's when it's not an option, it is not a problem. As long as it's still an option, so as long as I'm trying to control and enjoy, then it's a problem. And that's what I, I just continue to present that. And how do I get sponsees to awaken to that? I ask them, what do you, what have you put on your plate that you, especially when their weight levels off. I said, what have you put on your plate that as soon as you put it on your plate, you were looking for the second helpings? And it's scary. It's, that's a scary conversation. But here's the thing. Just like my sponsor told me, he goes, you're going to trust what I say or you're going to go back to doing what you always do. Because I'm going to what I did on May the, May the 5th, 2009, was I'm going to surrender to the best thinking of someone else. Because I can't see it. I can't see it at, at, at a table with food on it. I can't. I never will be able to see it. I have to trust the best thinking of someone else. Thank you very much.